Andrews, I wanted you to give me a, an idea of what you think your team has shown, your fans, yourselves, the hockey world, basically with uh, with the run that you've gone on here this this fall. Um, a lot of pride, uh, character, resiliency. Um, it's a special group in that in our room, and uh, until that very last minute, it's just. Uh, Every single one of us believed in, in each other and what we were doing and the road we were on. And, um, you know, obviously we come up short, but I think there's just a huge, huge sense of pride right now. Um, and every single one of those guys in our room and um, everyone involved. The Sideliners, the Sideliners, the Sideliners. Watch the Sideliners on WIRE TV at 10.30. Here comes the, here comes the, y'all don't really want it right now. Yeah. Here comes the, The sidelines are back, and this time, Kevin O'Gorman joins me for a podcast. A lot going on. Obviously, he's a Steelers guy. I'm a Giants guy. We had to go through that whole awkwardness of the Steelers beating my Giants, which we will break down for you. But I definitely want to start today's show with hockey. Islanders, oh my gosh, so close to one of the most epic Super comebacks close. of all time. Uh, we'll break it all down for you, but but first and foremost, this really is uh, legitimately two old friends catching up. It's been a long time. It's been a crazy year. How are you? Are you well? Are you taking care of yourself, Kevin? Thanks for having me, man. It's uh, you know it's been rough being quarantined and you know seeing everything that's going on, but definitely trying to stay sane around here, doing some stuff every day just to break the routine and. Now that sports are back, definitely adds to Helps it. So, so much. you know, so it's, it's a really, really big thing. Yeah. Um, but either, you know, just really focusing on uh, the Islanders, man. Uh, definitely a oh tough loss. I was pulling for you guys, just, you know, being a Devils fan for Lou, for Andy Green. Right. And, you know, There's some connections there. Yes. And, you know, I – really, really thought that you guys had something going there because beating, you know, Trotz's former team and just really beating the first seed. I mean, like, dude, it was, it was kind of seemed like it was written in the stars for you guys across dude, the line. I mean, they, reminded they, beat, me of, they beat the hurricanes in the round Robin. They, they yep. beat the, the capitals uh, pretty easily. The flyers gave yep. a run from their money, but they won that big game seven. And then, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Tampa Bay, uh, Players-wise, they were outmatched pretty much on every line. I mean, I hate to say that, but I, I, I do feel we had the better coach. I do feel we had the smarter strategies. Uh, I think it was game five where Trotz came out there with just a totally different look of different lines. And I loved when he threw Pajot out there with, uh, with Martin and Clutterbuck. But listen, Pe Pajot and, and Barzal, they, they – I'm not going to say they didn't play hard, didn't play well, but they they were in for a pretty tough awakening uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, I'm proud of the team. 
I really am. I, I just, oh, that over, did you see the overtime breakaway where it was short? So they're, they're killing this huge penalty because your boy Andy Green had a high stick uh, four yes. minutes, blood on the ice. And Nelson steals the puck shorthanded. Literally the person I wanted with the puck because Nelson has been so clutch for so many games. Um, good, great, good save by Vasilevsky, but honestly, could have went glove side, could have went five hole. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, I wish I did. I mean, I, I'm sure Nelson got like no sleep last night because I, that yeah. goes in. We're going to game seven. We're losing our minds if that's going to yeah. game seven. But I, I you got to give a little respect to the Lightning just because they're so freaking talented and they don't have Stamkos. Exactly. And, you know, you pretty much nailed it on the head. I think that, you know, your guys coaching was just completely off the charts, just well managed. I mean, you guys in in the lightning zone zone, you guys were just like neutralizing everything that they were doing, but they just kind of got these lucky breaks, puck luck, everything and just everything considered. It was just considering was game one, they lost eight to two. I mean, I mean, I understand that Islanders were coming on short rest and that game was kind of a wash, but I remember seeing that, like, oh, oh boy. Like, I, I don't know if we're even yeah. in the same stratosphere as these guys. But like you said, man, it's like the fact that they were well-rested. I mean, they, I think they had, like, close to a week off. I mean, you know, and yeah. they play such a quick game that they kind of thrive on just a lot of rest. So now when you look at jumping here to the Stars, I mean, Stars kind of remind me of just, like, the Kings of 2012, just this big, this big seismic team that really just capitalizes on, you know, the fact that, you know, they're huge. And then they have these little playmakers that are so quick with the puck. They can score. And it's just kind of like the perfect collection of all these veterans that are just chasing a cup. And you got and that really hot for goalie. both ends. You got that hot exactly. goalie. With the, with the Kings, it was Jonathan Quick, who, yes. I mean, is he ever going to have nowhere. a season like that again? Probably not. Probably didn't, you know, honestly. Nope. But uh, Paid the, off with two the, cups. Yeah, you know, I I think um, um, I I mean obviously I'll be rooting for the stars because I'm I'm bitter and I don't let things go and I fair. hold grudges, but I think uh, <laughs> I think the Lightning are absolutely the favorite for this uh, this Stanley Cup. I I don't know, know if I can watch. I don't know. I mean, I'll I, watch, I mean, but like it's like it hurts. It does. I and I got to be honest with you, man. Like 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 you know, I'm pulling for the Islanders, but. What is better than overtime hockey in the playoffs? Like when you win, it's the best not, thing ever. When you lose, course, it's like it's like it's like somebody took a little knife and put it in your heart yes. and twisted it and twisted it and twisted it and then pulled it out and then you're like, oh thank God that's over. And then they just stab you again. Uh, it, well, it, here's it, here's my tough. question. Yeah. It, would you ra- all right? So you you guys lose last night. Would you rather like you make it to the cup? Yeah. Okay. You're riding on that, but losing in the big game. Speaking of experience here, and I know Bobby's going to be listening to this too, and I can't oh, yeah. even imagine the void that he felt in, I guess, what, 2015, 2014 against the Kings. Right. I mean, dude, shaving my playoff beard, I, like, was devastated. Emotional. <laughs> the hair coming off my face, I, I just – I felt my face getting lighter. I look like a damn boy again, and I'm like, I'm like I got to go into the summer looking like a fucking <laughs> – Oh my God. Like, like, listen, know, I had the playoff beer going for a little while. I, I was kind of like getting excited about it during the Flyers series when they were up three one and going, I started doing, I was like, I'll shave, I'll wear a different shirt. I'll wear my side, you know, I, cause I, I do stupid yeah. crazy shit like this where I'm like, obviously 
my sock choice is going to be very important to the outcome of this series. Uh, so I started growing. This is like just the uh, the last few games started growing it back a little bit. I guess I can shave now, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I when I saw that Brock Nelson kept the clean shave for some of them, I was like, you know what? Some guys really just don't care. Like it's really not a universal thing for every player in the playoff field. I feel like it used to be. Yeah, but now it's a it, little it, mixed. It, yeah, it's I don't know. I like I feel like a lot of hockey players just have the beard anyway. You know, they kind of just grow it all season long, and then you know they make the playoffs great. It's just kind of like happy accident just kind of you know happens but i mean headman um, looks, looks like an enormous he looks like the geico caveman and he's literally yes. two feet tall and everybody on the ice i was horrified i was i was truly trembling every time headman had the puck in this series especially on the power play because you can't clear it he defends the blue line better than any defenseman i think i have ever seen in my life i really believe that and his his reach, man, like like, and like, again, like you're saying, like like he can in his own zone. If he if someone's kind of if he's gone one on one with someone, his reach, you don't stand a chance. Like he's poke checking you and making you work. In hindsight, I mean, I don't. I'm not trying to throw shade at Tavares, even as an fan. I I truly do wish Tavares well. But in hindsight, maybe picking uh, Hedman over Tavares was was the better move. I think so too. Uh, it really kind of makes me wonder had. You know, if you guys traded Tavares for you know picks, prospects, for yeah, hell, that's, even a player, that's the big knock on him, right? Like, if he knew he was going to go, why didn't they uh, just trade him for anything? You know, anything right. better than nothing. You know, because you know, I, I'm looking at I'm looking at your core group now, and like looking at your forwards. You know, Lee's locked up, Nelson's locked yeah. up, Everly's yeah. locked up, Bailey, JGP, Pajot's uh, locked up. Yes, and that's huge. I mean, probably your best faceoff guy, but. Uh, looking at the rundown here, I mean, you know, to really think if Trotz can win with this team, you guys are at a crossroads right now. If you don't lock down Barzell and Pulak, it's really tough to say, man, because if you look at – I don't think there's Trotz, any doubt that Lou will get these deals done. Those two guys are too too crucial to the team. And worst absolutely. case scenario, they don't – they'll find somebody. Like, that's like – I just have total faith in the management, which is a feeling you don't often have especially with many of the New York teams that I support. Well, and listen, like, you know, not knocking Lou. Love Lou. What he's done for us in the past has just been, like, absolutely incredible. But you look at Lou coming in here, and the team's kind of already been established, no? I mean, he traded for JGP. That was solid. Mm-hmm. He brings in Varlamov, which is and Green. excellent. And Green traded for at the deadline, mm-hmm. and he didn't. He gave up a second. He gave up a second rounder for him, and with no retained salary, next, which we could have easily nothing. have done. Yeah. Yes. So you know, I, I got to think, man. Like, if you sign Barzell but let Pulak go, or vice versa, I, I just, I really, it's tough to say you guys can win with Trots. I mean, because at this point, you look at Trots and the and the Capitals. You know, they had John Carlson. They had their Rock D man. They had Ovechkin. They have Tom Carlson. You know, they had all these guys up front, almost similar to what it is here with the Islanders. Yeah. I mean, you have – I think if I had to pick your best defenseman, I got to say Pulak. I That's think he's been noticeable, the, yeah. noticeable all series long. I mean, just the right. blocking of the shots, right. the, the poke checks, everything that he's done has been just incredible on ice. And – you know, I, I think really it's going to come down to Lou offloading some contracts 
right. to get some of these guys under the cap and you know go I from there. I have faith. I have faith. I mean, you're right. Pulak's probably the best defenseman we have. I think I found out that he was playing with a broken wrist uh, in last yes. night's game. Uh, our boys, on that note, our boys, Zizekas, uh, Casey Zizekas, he had a detached retina. That was why he left the bubble. Of course, all these insane injuries become public knowledge now that the Islanders have lost. Defensemen, listen, I, I, I do think they are fairly good in the defenseman category, but they don't have that guy like Hedman on the power play that just transformed. Like, Pulak became all probably our best power play defenseman. Uh, Mayfield, he had that great moment of redemption where he broke his stick against the Flyers, and that caused him to lose, uh, I believe it was an overtime game. It was game five or six. And then game seven, he, he goes in there and scores the goal. Like, he doesn't even hesitate. They have talent, but they, 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 they're locking up Barzal. Barzal's the money man. Like, they can't Has say to goodbye to Tavares and, and Barzal. It's just not possible. But, and, and, right. but, the, but the franchise is headed in a good direction. Like, listen, Lou – is smart. He didn't choose to work for the Islanders uh, without knowing this was a situation he could take advantage of. You almost know that he it was practically in cohesion with Trotz, who was who was having who for, for reasons I still don't understand. I mean, they say it was about five million dollars. I think it was more about Trotz wanting a new challenge. I think the challenge, like he he made the Nashville Predators relevant, and then he won a Stanley Cup for Ovechkin, which is like something so important because he needed that. Uh, and now I think, I think because the Islanders have the legacy of four in a row, I truly think his goal is to win multiple cups. I do not necessarily four in a row. I know that's crazy these days, but I think that, you know, that's, that's the only thing that can elevate his resume is multiple cups with one team. So I, I have total faith in the coaching. Um, if you're asking me straight up, can the Isles win a cup with Barry? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I hope so. Uh, but the thing that does kind of keep me up at night is like, you just never know if you're going to get another chance like that. You just never know. I hope they can do something uh, in front of their fans. I'm looking forward to the new arena. Uh, obviously, the future is bright, but I've seen a lot of times where it's like, oh, you lost a big game in the playoffs. At least they'll be good for a while. And then you just, you just never know how years pan out. You never know with injuries. Uh, at least we have this up-and-coming Russian kid who Varley is supposed to train that they finally got, which you can credit Lou for that. I don't know what sort of contacts he's got, but he got this guy to escape Russia, which was apparently a bit of a challenge. I think the guy, the kid's already like 26 or, or something. Um, he's supposed to be hey, the next he signed star. for $2 million. Yeah, yeah, and they, they, they have him um, for next year. You know – it's, it's really, like I said, man, I think it's got to be the supporting cast. Uh, and like you said about, um, you know, a lot of teams being in this position of, you know, you go to the conference final, you may not get there again. Look at the Lightning. The last time they were in the cup was five years ago against Chicago, and they lost. Right. And right. you look at last year, they got swept by the Jackets, who no one thought in the snowball chance in hell. They Big time. That so coach, that's what I mean. What's that, what's that coach? My, this is a true story. My dad said the lightning coach, whose name is escaping me. Um, John Cooper. Thank you. John Cooper. Um, this is why I have you on. Because, I, you know, if I was here with Alan Bobby, <laughs> Bobby would know, no joke, but, like, you know how many times I've been with Alan, like, oh, you know, the guy with the face. And he's like, oh, I don't know. And there's just, like, horrible. You know, the guy with the time. shoes. Oh, yeah, the guy who wears clothes. Um, <laughs> my dad said that uh, Cooper – Looked like he should work in a funeral home. 
these are the type of observe, uh, observations that my father makes during the game. He truly did look like he was in mourning with every shot of his. And, and I, I honestly do think that when it was in overtime and you see him like biting his lip, like Barry Trotz, if we're talking about coach faces, it's not even, it's not even a comparison. There was legitimate fear when we forced a game six and they got that luck. That, that, it was such an anticlimactic goal. It wasn't like, oh, he buried it really it past Varley. It was a little dribbler through his left pad where he could have recovered it. And it, 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 I, I thought we were going to go double overtime again. I really did. Um, I was watching the game on Tuesday, and this game last night was the exact same game as Tuesday. Same exact game. The, the, the score, the, the level of play, exactly. You know, this, that's what happens. You saw Everly on Tuesday, just nice short side goal. On and a breakaway. I've learned to never doubt Trotz. I, I, I never wanted to question Trotz, but when Everly was – Everly did not make the most of his opportunities throughout the playoffs. There were a lot of chances he had for goals where he couldn't even get a shot off. It just looked like he kind of had the yips. Like, I know he's a capable player. I had a good year in the regular season, but he just looked a little off. It could have been the bubble. It's hard probably being away from everybody. I don't know. But he was struggling, and – uh, you know, Trotz had made some changes here and there. He would, Broussard was up and down. Johnston was up and down, you know, with the roster. I'm sitting there going, like, how much longer are we going to put up with, with freaking Jordan Everly? Like, I don't know if I can take it. And then, of course, he has the biggest goal of the entire playoffs. Right place, right time. Perfect setup from Lee, but still. Absolutely. Like, it was just one of those it, things where it's like, you, you, he knows more than me, which is like, I haven't felt that way with the Giants in a long time. I never feel that way with the Knicks maybe I'll start to feel the way with the Mets now that they've sold the team, but it's a pretty big maybe. The, the, the Islanders are, are in a situation now where fans can just sit back and enjoy the ride. And, you know, it was a painful loss. I'm still not over it. I'm still ticked. Uh, I was literally like, you know, because these days I, I'm old now. I, I don't really stay up late anymore. I'm literally like, you know, like smacking myself just to like stay into this game. And then, you know, it's like I felt like I was starting to get a little tired in between the intermissions, and all the time comes back, and my heart just, just starts pumping again. It's, it's special. Playoff hockey Absolutely. is, is it, the Stanley Cup, I think we're in full agreement, is the, the greatest team sports accomplishment that anyone can have, any team can have. Without it's, a doubt. It's, without a doubt. It's, like I said, man, like I'm getting flashbacks from 2012 of going through – the Flyers, that, the, the Panthers, the Flyers, the Rangers, I mean, which is a <laughs> cup in itself. And I know Bobby's yeah. going to curse me out to, the, you know, ball his fist. I mean, there's no guarantee the clouds, he's going to listen to this all the way through. I mean, his attention span probably can not. be an issue, but it's okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll encourage him um, to listen. But even still, like, a, to go on a run like that, you're a low seed. Everybody's saying, nah, I don't think they got this. I don't think Varlamov is capable of this. And listen, when you look at Var what he did in Colorado for yeah. however long he was playing there for, and you see Colorado now, I mean, they probably wish they had him. Oh, they no doubt. They said, you know, we should probably should have re-signed this kid. But they let him go. Lou, again, coming in clutch you know, building from the goalie out. And now he just has a decision to make with Barzell and Pulak. I, I think, you know, I'll stick to it, man. You got, you somehow lock them down. If you offload Lad's contract, 
I don't know. If oh, that was probably my one complaint, you know? the fact that Ladd even touched the ice in this playoff series. Yeah. He got suddenly – they, like, they just gave him a shot. I think it was like an experiment, and they were like, okay, no, let's right. pull the plug on. He was the kid that didn't contribute in the, in the experiment. You know, he's just kind of there. Everybody else did their thing. He's right. just kind of thrown out there. And, and Br- Broussard was playing well. Like Broussard, got, Broussard sat for him, and I was like, that's not fair. He no, was it's not. But it, it that's was, the thing was, is, sorry, you know, ahead. you'll find that the, the bottom six will always come in clutch for you. Yeah. Looking back at 2012, CBGB, Carter, Bernier, Gianta. That line was our X factor to getting to, to that final. And yes. then, unfortunately, Bernier costed us. And that, that's what happens. And these things happen. You have to live with it. You just move on and just hope that you'll get back there. Because if you don't, could be it a sucks. long time. It could it's be a, a long time. time. Again. Long time. I mean, again, look at the devil. The, the best thing about this is um, how happy it's made my parents. You know, they're '80s people. I mean, the Islanders in the '80s. It was everything to them. The and Mets. It was, yeah, man. It was it, a great just, time. just, just to be like, like an f you to the Rangers. Like, like it's literally almost laughable that a suburban franchise is even going toe to toe with this metropolitan. Uh, franchise part of the original six it's it's it is very Mets Yankees a little bit but it's 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 so unique for Long Island to have its own suburban team and it takes a real loyalty for the fan base I mean there were there were some times in my youth we didn't even know the Islanders were going to stay like it was it was not clear that they were going to stay on Long Island so to go from that to flirting with the Stanley Cup that's that's just how you got to keep it positive, you know, for Islanders fans. And, and last thing I want to talk about on hockey is what, what, give me, give me a prediction, lightning stars, who's winning, how, how many games, what do you think? I think I got to go lightning and seven. Um, they've been seven. hungry for this for a while. Yes. I think it's going to yeah. be a back and forth series, yeah. um, you know, because they were hobbling big time. I mean, you saw a point in and out of the lineup. Right. Uh, I, I truly think Kucherov is playing hurt. Because there's been times where you see him and he just does not look like himself. Um, Point is literally again, every other game. Like, like he, dude, he was, and they automatic. need him because he is such a talented scorer. I'll never that yes. game one against Grice, where he just went around him. <laughs> I was yes. like, oh no, like that was like I, I. That's another thing. I'm gonna miss Grice. Like they're not gonna keep. They can't keep Grice. So it's. Can't. I wish him well wherever he ends up. But he 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 won us that game seven. He like against the Flyers and Varley is like the anchor. He's the more traditional goalie, but Grice, he's like an artist. Like he comes out, he like, he challenges you. He's acrobatic. It's just two completely different styles. I enjoyed watching both of them. Just like Robin Leonard though. Like he just, just makes no sense to keep him, even though he was beloved. And I wanted him to make the cup. I really did uh, for, for Vegas, but I, I like the lightning I think the Stars will win game one because, like you said, it was just such a brutal series. The hits from Clutterbuck, the punches from Martin. I mean, they're just, they've taken it all. Uh, I, think the, I think the Stars will win the first game, but I could see the Lightning winning in five or six. I'm going to say five. I, I, I really – I haven't watched the Stars probably enough to, to make a, a more accurate prediction, but I just – from what I've seen about the Lightning, it's like they're the most impressive hockey team that I saw the Islanders play, and they played a lot of really good teams throughout the run. Without a doubt. I think, you know, like I said, it's got to go to seven because the Stars, something in that Avalanche series happened 
they just turned it on. They, they just went to like another gear and were scoring like five, six goals a game against a, like a cup favorite. And, oh, yeah. you know, you look at, but again, I think it's going to be size with the, with the stars versus speed with the lightning. And it's, it's going to be a great matchup. And, you know, whether you're a, a hockey fan or not, it's, it's still going to be must watch TV. I mean, you know, I'll try. It's, I'll, it's I don't know be, if I'm going to watch every minute because of the paint. Like if I see brain, if I see point do another one of those dipsy doodle <laughs> goals, or if I see headman keep another puck at the blue line, I'm going to get some PTSD. I'm going to like, just, uh, uh, like, you know, you know how many thought, times I was like, oh, good, we're clearing the puck. And then Hedman just comes <laughs> with this insane reach. I'm like, no, this power play needs to end, please. Yeah, um, man, but it was, it, was, it was a fun run. It really was. It was special. Absolutely. It was a great watch and, you know, definitely pulling for you guys and really going to be interesting to see what this next season holds, if it's going to be shortened or um, – you know, what, if it's, is it still going to be 82? Is it going to be the same thing as this year? It's going to be interesting. Doubtful. I mean, I, I, I imagine like a 60 something games, like maybe they'll start around Christmas type deal. Like I remember the NBA had a shortened season from the lockout and they started on Christmas and they were able to do like a 60 something game season. Schedule wise, the NHL is pretty similar. Like I think they might be able to pull something like that off. Uh, but we'll see, you know? Yeah. I, you know, I do want to talk some football and this is, more pain for me. It's the theme of the show. Uh, just week one, but, you know, hopefully it's um, not going to become a pattern. Obviously, you're a Pittsburgh guy. I'm a Giants guy. I, I don't remember why you're a Steelers fan, because as far as I know, you have no association with the city of Pittsburgh whatsoever. So how, how did this come about? And is, is, it, is it like like you knew some like Terry Bradshaw was cool or something? Like what, like what is it? Um, well, it's like a neighborhood friend really got me into them. You know, he yeah. would, uh, always a person. kind of just, it's always a person, you know, I never yeah. really was into like football really that much as a kid. I was definitely into hockey. Basketball right. was big, but I think hockey replaced it. But, you know, I remember him saying like, Oh, you know, like you're like the bus, like Jerome Bettis. And I was like the butt, like, like it just kind of, <laughs> that's probably one of the coolest nicknames. Yeah in football you'll ever hear. And the fact right. that, you know, like I've been on Notre Dame for quite some time and him playing there kind of oh, just okay. went hand in hand and um, just went from there. But So it's literally you're you playing know, in the yard, you're running around, you're hitting holes like a demon and your friend goes, Hey, you're like the bus. And you go, you go home, you figure out who the bus is and then you're a Steelers fan for the rest of your life. Is that what you're telling me? Yes, I over, I'm probably it oversimplifying it, but it sounds pretty close. Maybe a little bit. It sounds, yeah, maybe like a little oversimplified. But again, I'm going to go with it because, you know, definitely uh, improved over the years. Definitely had. You're a classy Steeler fan. You always, you always have been. Yeah. Like my, so I don't want to bash the Steelers fan base. That is not what I want to do. But um, no, please. I, when we were, when we were in our Oneonta days, our own, honestly, we first met in our Oneonta days, Hurricane That's Sandy right. was happening. And I think that was 2011. Uh, fun year for the Giants, by the way. But that, that year, <laughs> um, the Giants and Steelers played each other. It might have, I might be getting my years mixed up. I think it was 2012 with Sandy. So that was the year after the Giants won the Super Bowl because the Giants didn't play the Steelers either on the Super Bowl. So I got it right this time. 2012, Giants are playing mm -hmm. the Steelers. My family, my parents are home without power for like, I think, 17 days or something insane like that. What does my dad do? 
he still goes to the Giants game. He still gets his propane gas grill, <laughs> and he finds a way to go out there. From Hank Hill. Right. So what happened was a lot of these Giants fans, these season ticket holders, sold their – they're without power. They were like, fuck that. I don't know if I could swing it this week. Um, and my dad resulted sitting in a section, you know, with his brothers and his normal crew. Like, I would usually go, but I was at college. Surrounded by terrible towels and, and very rambunctious, intoxicated Steelers fans. And this, of course, my father, like me, holds grudges, doesn't forget things. Uh, it stays with him, stays with him. So we we're going to play Pittsburgh week one, and he's like, man, I hate Pittsburgh. And I was like, dad, it's the Maras. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, there's, there's family here, it's family connections here. It, we're supposed to be a little friendly. He's like, nah, screw him. I hate him. Like, he's just, like, totally done because of that one experience. So I just want other people to know that I don't – I mean, I, I can't say you would or wouldn't, but if you were in those stands, Hurricane Sandy – Everybody, you know, has gone through a lot. I don't think you'd be as in the face as other fans uh, in Pittsburgh can be. I don't know. It's just me. I, I, like, here's the thing, man. Like, Depends I've, how many beers are in, I've, honestly, right? Exactly. I, I, I think <laughs> that, you know, when you're – when you like, so when I went to Heinz Field, and obviously, yeah. again, Steelers fans, they look at Steelers fans like their own. And right. at least where I've been – I haven't seen any of that, but I've always heard these like horror stories. I mean, like I have buddies up in, um, in Pearl river where I'm from, where they've been to these games. And again, like they're like season ticket holders for years and years for the giants and the jets. They've gone to both, you know, MetLife. They've gone to uh, Heinz field way back in the day. And they have been, they, I've heard all these stories, kids that were like, like one of my friends who was probably what, like, Oh, he's like fifth or sixth grade, something like that, and just gets demolished by like, all, like grown men in, in Pittsburgh. Like, like no filter. I think, I think no, they're tough, like, man. No consideration. I think they're a tough bunch. It's a steel they, they mill life. They're, they're like we we've, we've spent years making steel. We could say whatever we want. Like I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I've never been to Heinz. I don't steel, know. But. I don't know what it is, but you know, it's they got to handle it with some class. But again, like I said, but that's before, ev- listen, there's always going to, exactly every fan base has this. Yes, you know, yeah. except uh, Philly will. That's another. Oh, they, I speaking think every, of Philly, I tried to get Logan on here. I think because they lost to Washington, he's ghosted me. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's the reason. <laughs> Um, but you know what? What the hell happened? I mean, Carson Wentz. I think he still can't see straight after they, they destroyed him. Yeah, so I, uh, I, just, I just probably was playing with COVID. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, uh, I'll harass Logan back. a little more. We'll see if we can get, get him on here. But, yeah, the Giants played the Steelers on Monday night. And as a Giants fan, the bar's in a weird spot this year. You know, it's, it's the first official non-Eli year, even though it feels like we've been parting ways with Eli for three years now. Uh, yep. It really is just about the kids. And we got a fresh coach. And it's, there's no fans. So really, it's just X's and O's, man. And that, that, that to me is great. That can be special when it really is just about young football. But nobody knows what to expect. There's no preseason to base anything off of. The Giants invested a lot in their O-line, which has been a problem for years. Uh, I like some of the picks they made. But obviously, there were some moments where they looked a little confused, especially in the run. 
Uh, I think a lot of that, I mean, I mean, what, what, what do you think of the, the Steelers absolutely shutting down Saquon Barkley? Uh, well, I know that you and I have been having discussions of who I should be picking in fantasy third overall. Ended I'm up going with, with Zeke. Oh, I know wow. you, you listen, you were, you were enthusiastic about this O-line, but I was like, like, I just, I don't know, man. Like I kind of just went mm-hmm. with what I thought was best. One week. That, just saying. We'll see how, how I know it's one week, fall. but the fact that, because I'm, I'm in a standard league. So you try mm-hmm. to take anything that you can get at this point. Yeah. So when you have Zeke with the O-line, it's been proven year in and year out. He's got a veteran quarterback. Cooper, they got weapons. Seems like it's more even, whereas with the Giants, they're getting there, but not denying Saquon's talents at all. It's just, again, like you can't be solely reliable on Saquon. But oh, now you're seeing Darius Slayton, who I think is for real. Stunt. He, is an absolute stud. He picked yeah. up right where he left off. Yep. And then you see Jones throwing for two TDs. He's getting a little more confident in the pocket. You know, he fumbled a lot last season. No but fumbles now he's in really the game, starting to, at least. No fumbles, exactly. So but that's that – inter- Oh, my God, that interception. It was killed me. The ni- it was a 19-play drive. That, the thing is, the Steelers were clearly the better team. I'm just gonna, the, the Steelers clearly knew what they were doing. Big Ben, he was like, wow. Corey Ballantyne sucks, and he just toasted him every single play. I mean, I don't mean to pick on Ballantyne, but when, when, when Ben – this is probably the best thing he has done is when he recognizes a bad matchup, he exploits it over and over and over and over, and he did that for two major drives. Juju started going off. Uh, yep. But basically, I, what, what frustrates me is if the Giants didn't make – young mental mistakes, which I guess they're inclined to with a young, with a new coach and a young team. First play of the game, they get a gift. I mean, first uh, drive of the game, they get a gift on the, on the, on the muff punt. Got to settle for three. Yeah. Okay. And then you next time in the red zone uh, after the Slayton bomb, where you got a chance to get 17 points uh, Jones after truly a beautiful drive up until that point. Like I was actually kind of like, getting the hair on my arm and standing up. I was like, this, this kid might be the kid. Like I was thinking like, is this the drive where I believe in the kid? Like for Eli, it was his rookie season against the Dallas Cowboys. There was a drive where you're like, okay, like that two minute thing where you're not going to be denied. I already saw it with Joe Burrow last night. Like, even though they're on two twice now, I'm like, Burrow's the real deal. Like they, they, that, that kid yeah, is dude. a winner. Jones he has such talent and such grace, and he throws such a good ball. But there's only – I need to see him stare adversity in the face and put his head through it. Like, it's, it's difficult. I think I, – I, I don't think he isn't confident, but I think he, he needs that moment where it's a two-minute drill, beautiful drive down the field. He had that in his first game against Tampa Bay, but after that, like, I, I don't really care about fantasy stats, man. I, I would rather you throw three interceptions – and throw the game winner with the game on the line. So we'll see about Jones. I, I have faith in him. I do think he can do it. I've seen too much talent. I love that Garrett is here. And shutting down Saquon was a problem. But half the time you line up, it's like, okay, we got five linemen. They're sending seven on a total, total zone in on stopping Barkley. You can't run that play. Like, you got you to gotta do something different. Or communicate and, and, and improve things. Barkley also got some flack um, 
from Tiki, who's as usual running his mouth, uh, <laughs> recently uh, actually added to the Hall of Fame ballot list along with Jeremy Shockey and Justin Tuck. A little, little bit of some Giants uh, love going on there. But well Tiki, Tiki uh, said that Saquon is not a complete running back and that he needs to – I'm going to try and, and find his comments. Uh, I mean, I'll probably add them to the, to the rec- recording uh, like right here. I will say that Saquon Barkley, he might not be an every down back. He he cannot pass protect. Whoa. And, and it is it is Whoa. it is starting to become glaring. It's it's probably the only issue he had to deal with coming into the NFL because he wasn't asked to do it at Penn State. And now you see him diving on the ground, not sticking his head in people's chest. Uh, it, it's 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 gonna show it's gonna be a liability because people see it now. It's on tape and it's gonna come out. Um, but on the other side, Big wow. Ben, I was surprised. I'm not, That's a big was, statement, by the way. That's a big uh, statement. Not really. Yeah, I think the guy was drafted top five. Yeah, but if you watch him, if you've watched him for the last couple of years, he doesn't want to block. And and if you're if you don't, I I learned this early on in my career because I was a third down back before I was a, a star running back. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So if you can't block. You can't be on the field on third down. You just can't because you know those are high blitz and dog downs and someone's coming from the safety. So you have to recognize what a defense is trying to do or how they're how they're going to dog or blitz you. And more so recognition is one. And then two, you got to go hit a dude. Mm. Saquon Barkley's a big man. He doesn't want to hit anybody. That is that is it's frustrating to watch. That's my that was my cue to, to, to add it in later. Sure. Um, but basically. He, he's, I, I wasn't happy with Tiki's comments. He, he basically made it about him again and said Saquon isn't a well-rounded back. And there were some moments where his pass protection wasn't uh, quite ideal, uh, especially in the Steelers game. Uh, I think two or three plays where he didn't do it. But there's also plays where he, he, he separates a guy. At, you know, he puts his shoulder pads into his thighs and the guy's flattened and, and Jones has enough time to make a play. A guy, say a guy of Saquon's physical stature has to be an every down back, and he can be an every down back. I, I believe he is that. an every down back. I, do you I, believe, I that, do you believe you know, that he's a good enough pass blocker? Do you like why is do you believe that he deserves some of the criticism? I guess is the question. From my, I, I don't think he does. What's he in? It? He's in his third year now. Yes, the second or yeah, second third. or third year now, and so. You've seen him run. You've seen him make all these plays. What was his first game against Jacksonville? One of the high, highly touted defenses yeah. in the league and just ran all over them. Yep. You know, so he's capable of the criticism. You know, he's completely capable of putting the team on his back. I think now that we're seeing the Giants trending in the right direction of now you get a quarterback, you draft your right tackle, and now you got to get, like you said, X's and O's, learn under this pressure. And it will all come together, and it, he'll be solidified as probably the best running back in the game. They might need to just play. I mean, they, they, Thomas is the big pick. He's the left tackle. Pert is, is the kid they took from UConn oh, it was, I, who had a chance to be the right tackle. He wasn't starting. So they got, okay. uh, you know, some veteran guy from Dallas, Fleming, the guy that he kind of came yes. here through um, Garrett. Listen, yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's capable, but he had a rough night. There's also, I mean, also you, you don't want to completely overreact to week one. They might've been facing, you know, one of the toughest front set. I mean, the Steelers might be back. If Ben can stay on two feet, uh, that's really the big question uh, to me. That, that's the only thing. I mean, the Steelers defense appears to be back. You know, Mike Tomlin's capable of winning. Big Ben, 
I obviously respect what he's capable of on the field. I don't want you to take this the wrong way. I think he can be a bit dramatic with his injuries, and he often kind of acts just, like he's more hurt than he is. But then he actually does get hurt sometimes. I meant mm-hmm. to bring this up to you. When Dalvin yeah. Tomlinson or either Dexter took him down on a sack and he got yeah. up, I think you probably saw him hobbling, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think he's he was fine. definitely selling that. Exactly. Yes. Like, like, he's like, oh, no, game. I got hit by a big D tackle. Everybody feel it's. I think he just likes – He listen, ben, what do you think of Ben as a guy? Obviously, we know what he's capable of as a quarterback. We know, we know he's a winner. As the he guy – he, he sells anything. But sells as a person, like, like Eli Manning, class. Saquon Barkley, class. Like, it's like not even a question. And, I, and Ben, he's had some ups and downs off the field. Without a what doubt. do you think of him personality-wise? I, I do like him as a football player. Like, when he was talking to that poor tackle on your team there that uh, got hurt at the end of the game and, and Ben oh, uh, fell Zach on Manor. him and he was crying. And, and like, he's handling yeah. that right. Of but course. I also feel like, ben, like there are some weird Hammers stories this year. Like, ben, ben apparently had problems with uh, depression. He's had, like, a motorcycle accident before. He he even admitted he was addicted to pornography. This was this is all something he came out with this year. Uh, I think he's kind of a jaded, complicated guy. I mean, he he he's like he's from Miami University of Ohio. Like he's not he's not this big prestigious, uh, expected to be amazing guy. He had such a good college career. He ended up going what eighth overall or something like that, like top ten. Um, yeah. It's. I think he's just different. And I don't know what you're – you're a Steelers fan. You watch him up close. I know you love Ben as a football player. But what do you think of him as a guy? I think he's an asshole, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think that he's a complete drama queen. I, I think know that you're he just, just loves – He loves to just have the, the spotlight on him. And, and the fact that he has it because he's the quarterback of a professional football franchise. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it seems like that's not enough when it's on the field that he wants it off the field. He yeah. wants – to be like always looked into and whether he says things there's always these alleged comments fights between Todd Haley and that whole riff uh even Antonio Brown maybe some of those might have been overblown maybe they were true and we all know with Antonio Brown and what he's done as well I think what you have to look at here is how the Steelers as an organization handle their players as, as a whole, I think that when you look at the Roonies keeping Antonio Brown, who's been an absolute circus act for yeah. the past, what, five, six years? Who else knows what could have happened? The second he, he left, left it got worse. It got a lot worse. You exactly. have to give, give the Steelers credit. Without a doubt. And they made the decision to sign Antonio Brown over Mike Wallace, if you remember years ago, yeah. when Mike Wallace was – probably our best receiver in, right. in like, like in, in so long. I mean, we're talking about a deep threat guy who averaged like 20 yards a catch. He was probably the fastest guys in football. And, right. you know, again, just dealing with this adversity of all these knuckleheads on the team, I think you really have to give it, give credit where it's due to this organization and that, you know, they know what they're doing and for Ben, unfortunately, I think they kind of gave him the keys to the kingdom and he knows that and he's he, going to, he needs it. Take advantage of it. Yeah. You I know, I, um, I, this is, this is your last run. I mean, the guy is the, the, the clip of when he was throwing and his arm just went numb. 
Like, that's horrifying. I mean, he's been through a lot. He clearly can still sling it. Um, his, his, his ability is like – the fact that it took Lawrence that amount of strength and effort to bring him down, and he's, he's a fantastic defensive tackle. Like, he's arguably our best player on defense. It just says everything about Ben. He's – I mean, Lorenzo Carr – I mean, the, the most encouraging thing I saw about the Giants was that Carter was in there, Williams was in there. They were able to generate some pressure. This was probably a very big question mark of the Giants going into this season. But the Steelers – Mike Tomlin deserves a medal or at least some cookies for, for dealing with Antonio Brown, Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, and Juju all at once. I mean, those guys, are, those guys are complicated personalities. Yeah. It's, it's and really Ben's hard. arguably it's, the worst. I mean, I know AB turned out to be crazier when he left, but Ben – Martavis Bryant as well. Yeah. He was yeah. – dude, Martavis Bryant was in and out of the league because of this weed is just, and that you know, whole thing. You know, it's just – Yeah. Now, I don't, don't want to say – I don't want to call – I didn't even really want to talk about this, but I have to say this because one time – I was okay, this is a true story. I was at Rockabilly's Barbershop in uh, Huntington, New York. I was on my lunch break. I need a haircut. This place, this guy's got giant stuff everywhere, man. So I, I, the second I went to that barbershop, I was like, okay, this guy can cut my hair. He's, I'm, I'm with him. He <laughs> trust him. I trust him. So we start talking football because you're in a situation where you, somebody's very close to you and he's touching your head. You might as well talk to him, right? Um, <laughs> and we started talking about the Steelers. Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, I got a buddy who's, uh, who's an agent. He knows all these guys. He knows Antonio Brown. And this is around the time the Steelers had that all that drama with uh, Villanueva coming out of the locker room, and he was the only one, and all the Steelers stayed in there. And that broke that team. That was the end of Antonio Brown with the Steelers, uh, if you ask me. No, it was to, – not to cut you off here. Okay. Had to have been um, Vontaze Perfect in the playoffs with oh, that concussed head. That, that too. I, I've never seen him the same ever since. But, again – He probably has CTE. Uh, that being yes. said, I'm talking to this barber guy and I was like, man, that's pretty crazy. Right. Like, what do you, what do you think of that? What did that happen? He's like, you know, got a buddy who's an agent. He knows exactly what happened in that locker room. I was like, what, what happened? This is what he said. Apparently Ben is in the locker room trying to get everybody to do the right thing. He's like, he's in an awkward spot as a white quarterback where the, the black players don't want to come out for the national anthem. They want to uh, protest by staying inside. But Villanueva is this ex-military guy. He's out there. It's like Ben is right in the middle, and he's just Ben is trying to get the team in some sort of unified stance. So he's saying maybe we should go out there. We shouldn't leave him out there alone. And this is what my barber said. It is not an official source. It's just my barber. Antonio <laughs> Brown says, "I don't gotta listen to no goddamn rapist." Is apparently what he said in that locker room. And that wow. is why I said I believe that broke that team. Because how do you – how is the leadership there? How is the – and obviously Ben's past, it's, it's questionable to say the least. The details are difficult to really get to the bottom of. It just seems shady, especially, especially as he got, like, what, married a year later or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to get into Ben's thing. I'm just saying my barber told me that I think uh, that summarized the dysfunction. And for a guy like Tomlin, to survive that says a lot about his integrity and his character. I think, I think you should, I think you should just praise Tomlin for as long as you're a Steelers fan, which I'm sure you do. Yeah. I, 
I, I, you know, when you see all these boneheaded comments online, fire him, fire him, you know, we're not performing like we should. And it's, you don't even finish beneath eight, eight and eight. I, I mean, you, you're yeah. above 500. Uh, what, what more do you need? Um, you know, he's, he's a well-spoken coach. He sees the bigger picture. And again, he just knows what's best for this team. I think when you say like, he's a player's coach, like he coaches everybody individually and brings out the best of them on yeah. the field. And that's in, in, really, yeah. I think how he's done it. It's all, it's not even about X's and O's with a guy like Tomlin. It's about character. And, and, and that is like, like Tom Coughlin, like his offense was not some brilliant strategy. It was Kevin Gilbride making reads and then just trying to do what worked with Eli. And defensively it was the same thing. He had some spags blitzes dialed up, but it was less about execution and more about character. And I do think we have this with Judge. Judge, um, I want him to do well. I mean, Shermer and McAdoo, you heard them talk and you were like, you wanted to just leave the room. Like there was just nothing interesting coming out of their mouth. They, they, too many coaches, I believe, want to be Bill Belichick and they believe the media is the enemy and they want to just not say anything. That only works if you are Bill Belichick because if you do that and you lose, the media will turn on you. And if the media turns on you, especially in New York, you will not survive. So I believe Judge, he's, he's doing film sessions on the Giants app. He was breaking down the game. I was watching it. He, he, um, everything he said about the players and the protests and doing what he can. He even activated a Twitter account so that he can help promote the players' charities uh, on his own time. Things like this mean so much more to me than a turnover in the red zone. Or, or, a, or a bad play call when Saquon has no rushing yards. I trust – and the fact that he's letting Garrett run the offense. I mean, you, did you see that play where uh, you're, you're destroying Barkley and then it's, and it was like a, a play fake screen where the guy hurled him. Like, I was just like, that's, that's a Jason Garrett call where it's like, listen, we need, we need Saquon. Obviously, he's getting killed. Let's get him a look where he can get some open field. And I wish – I hope we see more of that. Um, and I want to see more toss and more runs with the fullback because Saquon in Penn State ran with a fullback, and he and that's that's his bread and butter. So I I, I believe that Judge is, is a right character guy, but it's about wins and losses in this league. I think you get a pass this year, no matter what, right? I mean, it's a COVID mm -hmm. year, and 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 as long as you see some signs of improvement, it, it should be okay. Uh, I, and do you think that Joe Judge was brought in because of like the fact that you know he was under Bill Belichick, he's affiliated yeah. with the Patriots and everything like that? Just, just because again, it's like you see like Adam Schefter, not Adam Schefter, uh, who is their offensive coordinator, blanking out here right now. Uh, Adam, uh, no, 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 for the Patriots, I'm saying because um, oh, he was looking to leave, and you know I think he was he the was uh, head like coach Daniel of the Tosh. Rams. He looks just like Daniel Tosh, that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like this, like little, like he's like this fucking like Energizer bunny, like just running all up and down the line, like like. But even he was still, the coach like, that, I got the guy. He coached the Broncos. Is it McDaniel's? He, he the, McDaniel's. Josh, McDaniels. Josh McDaniels. Yes. Good. Yes. Good job. Excellent. Go on. <laughs> so like you know he's been a head coach elsewhere, and you know he just couldn't really get it yeah. done. I think he was with the Rams or another team, but you again, see a lot of guys like you trying. Go, you got right. Matt Patricia. In Detroit, uh, yep. you got uh, Brian – what is it? Brian Billick, uh, the, the coach over in Houston. No, not Billick. That's an old coach. 
the coach of the Houston, the guy with the butt chin, Brian something. Oh, uh, uh, Bill. Uh, oh, Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien, yes. This is why I have you on. I, I don't know anything. I just, you know, everything's <laughs> fading out of my ears. These are guys who are like, okay, Bill O'Brien's okay. He's in a tough situation in Houston, which Patricia has a chance to be very good. I think the Giants hired Judge because they, they lost out on McCarthy to Dallas because Dallas had a better roster and a better situation. McCarthy was the guy, sorry. But uh, yeah. at least they uh, found somebody different. And, and then they were interested in Ruel, who ended up going to the Panthers. So if I'm being honest, it seemed pretty clear that this was like the third choice uh, for the Giants head coach. But I also think DG, he's uh, David Gettleman, he flat out said, he was like, he blew me away in this interview, the way he composed himself. And then I then in that first press conference, I saw it. I was like, he blew me away as well. Like the way he talked about the team. It's a little tough for me to have a GM with a Boston accent and a head coach with a Philly accent. I will admit that. Uh, but other than that, I think these guys have, have pretty good character, and, and I hope they can get it right. But I think they're like two years away. If they can go 8-8 eight eight this year, it's a great year. The bar's never been lower. Um, Steelers, it's Super Bowl a bust, though, right? Yeah, I, I think you got to say that. I, you know, Ben's due, what, large ticket, $43 million next year. So, you know, if he gets hurt this year. He's still under contract you know, next year? Oh, yeah. That's I mean, like, they, that is not good. 43 million. That's going to kill your team. It's not salary cap. And when, you know, it's funny when Hayward got uh, extended, I was a little concerned because I want TJ Watt under contract. Oh, immediately. Yeah, that, that guy is. He's better than JJ at this point. No offense to JJ. JJ just can't stay yeah. on the field. I think TJ has more of like an emergence than JJ had. JJ yeah. took maybe like a season to develop, but TJ on the scene, immediate impact. Yeah. And he's a guy that you he, have to. He have. does. He does have better talent around him than JJ did. I mean, JJ when when JJ had Clowney for a little while, they it were Clowney. They were fierce. Yeah. But but Clowney was always up and down with injuries. A lot of the time, it was like JJ Watt by himself. I, I mean, the Steelers they they just they always have these guys. They they always find pass rushers. Well, I mean, TJ was like a highly coveted prospect. I mean, he was probably slated to go like top fifteen. He landed us at like twenty eight. Yeah. The guy that was you know, killed was his name. Was his name Dupree? I don't think they blocked him once yes. the entire game. Like I, no, it, it, he was they, chasing. They yeah. Oh, chasing Daniel. On that play, when he chased Barkley from behind and he ran him down in the backfield, there was a hole that he literally would have been gone. Like it, he just needed to hit that hole, and I was so mad because that's you just needed to, that was a play on the rookie. I think Thomas he doubled, he doubled. Um, he blocked down. He blocked inside. They doubled somebody over there. I don't know if it was the D tackle or the end. I think Dupree's the end, right? So technically, no. Um, so right outside line. Okay, but he basically he's an outside just, line. It's... Okay, so he's so he's a linebacker. So he's stand up rusher, whatever. He's hybrid. He's all over the place. That was part of the problem was they couldn't figure out where he was. That makes sense. So I think he doubled the end, and all you had to do was was just stumble him a little bit, and Barkley would have been gone the other way. But no, he came in there and started that. That those are three plays of the game. That uh, and the fumble that Juju somehow stole, even though he was out of bounds and he came back in. But apparently, because he wasn't the first one to touch it, it's okay. I, I don't know any of the rules anymore. It's too. Did many they games. even show the camera angle of him being out of bounds? I because they kind of just showed it like before the um, 
Oh, it, well, it's ESPN Monday Night Football. They, they don't want any controversy. They just, you know, want to talk about how great Juju is and what a great play it was by Juju. Yeah. But in reality, I was like, where did this guy come from? He totally stole the ball. <laughs> it's a shame because it yeah. was a good play. I, I forget who, who punched it out. It might have been Bradbury. It was a corner, I think. Uh, my memories, like I said, it's awful. I can't do it anymore. But they, the, uh, it was a good play. Could have got it right back. Could have made up for the Jones interception. But that's how the night went. Giants have to beat the Bears. If they lose to the Bears, uh, they, they could be staring at 0-3, and, and everybody knows that's a death sentence. So let me ask you, like, what would you say is, like, probably the strong suit of your team at the moment? It's an excellent question. <laughs> I had to think for a minute. As, if I'm looking at just Monday night, I, I would say the D-line, which is remarkable because I would not have said that two weeks ago. Uh, the D tackle, they have a number of excellent D tackles because Gettleman's obsessed with D tackles and Lorenzo Carter appears to be emerging. Um, and, uh, Blake Martinez is a great, great Blake, bring in. Blake Martinez did impress me. So it's just going to be one of those things where it's like, go figure the old line is supposed to be up and revamped and, and it's going to be all offense. Um, but in reality right now, it looks like the D line. Uh, I think, Saquon is still the best player on the team. The running getbacks are still the best players on the team, but without, you know, the holes and the improvement up front, you're not going to see that. Ingram is a huge disappointment in week one. Huge disappointment. Uh, dude, and I was going to say, it's, it's I meant to say It's kind of like the third or fourth time we've said this about him. He's, he's going into contract year. He doesn't get his act together. We're bust. never going to see him again. I, I, I prefer I think you Smith. got to get rid of him. I prefer Caden Smith as, as the tight end because he caught a ball and looked, looked to lower his shoulder. You know, Ingram, bring Kevin Boss out of retirement. <laughs> Kevin Boss be has probably worse CTE than Antonio Brown, unfortunately. He's had really, <laughs> really bad concussions. So it's a shame what happened to him. But uh, listen, man, this, this, this was fun. How do you think the Steelers will end their season and we'll end it with that? I think they'll make the playoffs. I, I don't want to get too cocky, but, you know, I'm just going to end it with that. Just I think it might playoffs, be Steelers Patriots again, just with Cam Newton this time. I really do. It'll be interesting to see what they can do up there, man. Um, it's a different play style now. Now you have a dual threat, as they say these days, in the quarterback now. And uh, it's definitely a challenge for Bill and the team. And all you can really do is wait and see. Um, you know, if I had to pick bright spots for you guys, definitely, like you said, the D-line, I think your front seven is on the come up. You just got to work on the secondary. Um, the guy, the kid yeah. that you guys got from the Browns is very, very hit or miss. Um, Peppers? Peppers, yes. Well, I like him and returning punts, though. You have to admit, that was pretty exciting. Absolutely. But yeah. even with – like, Deontay Johnson, I almost I almost like wanted him cut after the game, and then he just redeemed himself as time went on. Yeah. But what about you? What are your uh, final thoughts on the Giants this year? I, I think if they if they finish eight and eight, that that says a lot about the character of the team, because I think that they are there's so much new and there's so much happening and it's such a difficult time and they haven't had any preseason and it's a new coach. Um, I, I I love that it's a young team. I think young young teams are the most fun sports teams to watch, um, because there's no drama, there's no BS. These rumors on Twitter about wanting to trade for Odell. I was like, yeah, no, no, thank you. Um, I'll take Slayton. Thank you. Uh, I, I, I hope that judge rewards the players that do well. 
I think he's in a position to do that. There's nobody really here that's making like a ton of money, uh, like large, large contracts where it's like he has to play and it's awkward if he doesn't. So those are the things I'm looking for. I mean, they could easily go six and 10, five and 11. They could easily go seven and nine. I mean, I, I have no idea, man. I just hope uh, they show up against the Bears. I don't know how the hell they're going to block um, Khalil Mack. I really have no – this is going to be a rude awakening for Andrew Thomas. I mean, I'm sorry. This is, like, this is like a nightmare in your second start to have to go against Khalil Mack. But if they can slow him down a little bit, I like our chances with the defense against Mitch Trubisky. Uh, I think I, Mitch Trubisky and Jones also are friends, UNC, Duke. You know, it's kind of cool that they're going against each other. They just the Giants. They do everything but win lately. They do they do all these things that are like, oh, let's 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 improve uh, the the O line. Let's improve the quarterback situation. They do all these things. They hire new GMs, they hire new coaches, and they don't win. So if they can scale eight and eight, I'll be thrilled, and I'll think the future is bright. But I'm just trying to take it week to week. It's too weird, and I'm just happy that football's back. Steelers, though, I could see them easily going 10-6, 11-5, and five and making a run in the playoffs easily. Yeah, you'd hope. I mean, again. We're, I think if everybody's in agreement that it's Ben. Exactly. I think yeah. it all surrounds Ben. And, he still got Rudolph, you know, right? Yeah, man. But after last year, it's – I don't know, man. And also, too, we're dealing with some O-line injuries as well. You know, obviously, like you mentioned before, Zach Banner. Uh, David DeCastro was out. We just signed uh, Stefan Wisniewski, I think his name is, from the Chiefs. Um, so, really, all you have is just – Pouncey and this Villanueva guy as, you know, your, your veteran anchors, but now it's kind of just plugging and chugging rookies or just kind of like two, three year guys that have been in the league and really, really just depends on that. I think offensive line, I've said it, you know, for years has really just been one of the most overlooked parts of our team for our success. You're right. I mean, you see it with, it's overlooked because Ben holds the ball so long. That's the only reason it's overlooked. He takes yeah. these hits, and ninety percent of them are his fault. Yeah, you know. But uh, listen, see Benny man, this, Snell. Yeah, Benny Snell oh, running on over a hundred yards. I picked him up in fantasy. I, I'm, I have him on my bench. Just keep you. it an eye. Keep it an eye. Just keep an eye. It's a yeah. one week. Just yeah. just keep an eye on Connor. But you know, we'll go from there. But Ann, this has been great, man. Thanks for having me. I, I'm glad to have you join. I, I I still think we should do some sort of cohesive thing. Uh, maybe we can get Bobby and Al with you, or or we got to get Logan. I actually recently talked to Sean Sweeney as well. Uh, he's okay. been going he's been going through a lot, but I think uh, when the time is right, we're gonna try and get him on the show. Uh, and it's just just great to hear from uh, old sideliners friends. Um, I might start reaching out to other friends as well. I got this friend of mine. His name's Tony Rubo. We, we used to do shows together at Sports on the Go 1. He's, we've been uh, chatting up again because everybody's at home. It's like, let's catch up. You know, it's, it's every, we all got phones. I think uh, that if there's anything you can take away from this podcast is just, just reach out to people, you know, check in. Everybody's, you know, going through a lot. It's, it's uh, sometimes it seems like nothing, but it really is something a lot of the time. So uh, you got to get Tariq on. I would Sorry? love to see you guys revisit. You got to get Tariq on Butler. I, you know, I Tyreek and I spoke a little bit uh, when Kobe died, um, and Eli retired because it was like our guys both had two very big moments. You know, I mean, what happened to Kobe is obviously way more serious, but those were just like two moments where we like thought of each other. So, uh, yeah, 
not opposed to having Tyreek on. We 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 can make that work. Um, I, feel like, I, feel I know like he's a pretty busy a guy. He, he does work for ESPN. Yeah, he's just kind of a busy guy. We do have to say that. So it's uh, impressive. We'll see. No, I know, I know. No, he's. I think he's um, producing. I think he's like on the on the soundboard over there. I've I've heard him a couple of times. I think with Alan Hahn. I also think he does stuff over at Sirius. But yeah, it would be great to catch Good up. Good for him. Te- technically, I owe the guy a dinner because uh, Eli didn't win that that third Super Bowl that I was so certain he was going to win back in 2012. Um, but I did reach out to him. I did try and schedule it, and it just kind of didn't happen. So. I I, held, I feel like I held up my end of the bargain. I tried, but you know things are kind of crazy right hey, now. Doors open. Doors the doors open exactly. Doors open. Anyway, man, this has been great. Uh, talk to you soon, and thanks for listening to the sidelines. The sideliners are brought to you by Anchor FM Podcasting. If you're interested in podcasting, or you just want to get something out there and you have creative limitations or you're worried about money or anything like that, fear not. Because Anchor allows you or anybody with the simplest of computers, the simplest of recording tactics to get your podcasts on the air. And guess what? You even had a chance at making a little money. So please utilize Anchor and thanks for listening.